Hey everyone, welcome to Unsafe Space. I'm Carter Laren, and I wanted to talk to you about something that happened uh, on Monday's Kofefi break. Uh, on that show, I lost my cool. Uh, I got so passionate about something that I actually yelled at our audience, and uh, I wanted to start by apologizing. I don't think I've ever yelled at our own community before. And my friend pointed this out after the show that you weren't just passionate, you were yelling actually at the community. Um, and so uh, I apologize for that. And I'd like to explain in a more calm voice why I was upset. Um, I know a lot of you, I've seen comments, a lot of you think that I'm the dispassionate uh <laughs> you know, logical person and, and carries the person uh, who brings more of the heart to the show. And I think largely that's true, although obviously Carrie has a, an exceptional brain and can think very well. And uh, I, I'm here because I feel very strongly about uh, what I'm doing. And that doesn't always come out because I know a lot of times people think I'm being a little bit just too rational. And sometimes it comes out um, when you least expect it. And so... Uh, I want to talk about why I was upset, because I was upset. And the context here, for those of you who didn't see the show, now you're going to want to go see me yelling at the community. So go watch Monday's Kofefi break if you missed it. But the context is that there was this couple in St. Louis who defended, I'll put defended in quotes, they defended their home when protesters were trespassing. Uh, into. They, they lived in a gated community. Protesters were trespassing into that gated community. Uh, to the protesters were going after the mayor's house, and this couple... Um, quote, defended. They came out outside with guns. Um, it's unclear in videos whether the, the, the protesters were actually going on to this couple's property or not, but uh, they were somewhere where they shouldn't have been, and uh, and it was reasonable for the couple to perceive them as a threat. None of that stuff I disagree with or intended to disagree with. Um, and I understand why people, especially people in our audience, celebrate this couple. Uh, their attitude is indeed commendable, right? They're standing up for and defending their property and themselves. Uh, and that attitude deserves respect. <clears throat> By the way, it turns out I think they're actually leftists who <laughs> aren't even part of our community, but that's beside the point. You can still respect their attitude. It's a, it's a virtuous attitude to want to defend uh, your life and the, and the life of your loved ones against aggression. I don't have a problem with that. I understand why the community respects that, and I do as well. Um, but I want to talk to you guys for a moment, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna limit this. I'm, uh, I'm talking about the freedom lovers and individualists in our community, which I think is the vast majority. I'm not talking about the trolls or hate watchers or anything else. But when I say community, I mean the core of the people that you know. You're, you're on Telegram. You're watching regularly. You're commenting. You're you're part of this community. I, I've said before that I love this community, and and I, I do. I think that communities like ours are some of the last bastions for the values that uh, that built Western civilization. I think if the founding principles of this country are to survive, right, if individualism and the Enlightenment values are going to continue at all on this planet as part of humanity, it's going to be because of communities like ours. And I truly believe that, and, and I care passionately about you guys. And... I want communities like ours to survive using our words, not weapons, if possible. Like I, I want us to, 
I want us to, I'm, I'm not anxious to get into physical confrontation. I want us to survive with our words if possible. However, I, you know, I do recognize that, you know, as authoritarianism reaches a certain point, I mean, when they're knocking on the door telling you to go into a boxcar, violence becomes necessary at some point. You've got to defend yourself at some point. So I'm not arguing that violence could never break out and that you should never, ever defend yourself. Obviously, you should. Um, and in the event that, there, that, you know, that kind of stuff happens, things go south, I want us all to survive. I want us to be prepared. Um, so when things go south, if someone has to defend themselves physically, again, I really hope no one has to do that, but if they ever do, I want them to do it with expertise, right? I want them to avoid unnecessary losses. Um, I want them to defend themselves with the odds in their favor as much as odds can be in anyone's favor in a situation like that. Um, as a community in general, I think our, our dedication to individualism stems from our love for life not an obsession with destruction or pain or death or because because people want some kind of a war. Um, we're individualists because we love life and we recognize that freedom and individualism are the ways to let humans thrive most, you know, most prosperously and and to really uh, blossom and 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 love love their lives and live their lives to the fullest. That's why we're individualists from an emotional perspective, apart from the very rational arguments for it. That's the emotional motivation. And so with that in mind, um, I think we need to recognize something about our community. And uh, I'm just going to throw this out here. With respect to the principles of personal defense, we are extremely diverse as a community. There are people in this community on the one end, and I, I talk to these people. Some of them are my friends. Um, these people are completely switched on. I mean, they have more tactical training and expertise in the use of force than any of us combined, like the rest of us combined. They are experts. They know what they're doing. Um, those people don't actually need to hear my message about why I was angry on Monday because they already know. Um, they saw what I saw. I'm not one of those experts. I'm not throwing myself in that category um, by any means. But they saw what I saw. I don't even need to address this to them because they know this. At the other end of our community, though, and, by, and obviously everything's in between here too, but at the other end of our community, there's people who have never held a gun. There are people who, maybe worse than never held a gun, there are people who've just purchased one. They've just purchased a gun. They're afraid of what's happening around them. They just went and armed themselves. That's great. I encourage it, but... Uh, <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't, the gun doesn't solve the problem by itself. It's great. It's a great first step. All of these people, no matter what end of that spectrum they are on or whether they're in the middle, they're all valuable members of this community and they're all allies. I hate to use that word. It's a SJW word, but right. They're all allies in the fight, fight to preserve uh, individualism. Um, and we don't want our fellow allies dead. That's, that's not what we want. Um, so back to my reaction on Monday, I saw people praising the actions of the St. Louis couple. Uh, not just the attitude of the couple, which I praise, I agree with, 
but praising their actions, their actions. And that really horrified me. Because um, all I could picture was people that I love and respect, um, people that are fighting the good fight, right? Uh, walking away from this St. Louis story with this idea in their head that's like, that's what I should do. Um, in fact, some people actually said basically that much, like, oh, that's what I would do. Um, and I understand getting caught up in the attitude of the St. Louis people, which again is healthy. But their actions were careless. They were impromptu and they were half-cocked. And, uh, you know, look, again, some people, I know, some people in our community know this, right? They know that. Um, they they could see that that kind of careless attitude, I mean, they know that that kind of carelessness uh, is like a recipe for a couple of body bags, right? That's what that is. Um, and we as a community, we should not want other people in our community um, to check out early just because no one bothered to tell them to not run outside and wave your gun around in the face of mob, right? Uh, it's a stupid tactical move. And tactics matter, especially if they get you killed. So um, not everyone in this community knows that. Clearly, not everyone in this community knows that. And I don't expect you to. I don't think everyone can expect you to. Uh, you know, personal defense, home defense, basic tactics, firearms training, these aren't things that any normal person ever really thinks about outside the context of Hollywood movies, and I get that. Um, so I'm not, this is not a, I'm not being, uh, I'm not trying to be diminutive when I say you don't get it. It's fine. There's lots of stuff I don't get. But if you're not in that community, uh, if you haven't thought about these things, if you haven't studied them at all, you probably don't get it. And you may you may look at that couple and think that's a good idea. Um, and I don't I don't want that because I would like for you to remain alive. And uh, and if you ever have to get into a situation where you use force, I would like you to be competent at the use of force. Um, I would like you to survive that situation. So um, here's what I'm gonna do. Over the next few weeks and months, I had already had some of this in planning, but this just makes it all that more important. So over the next few weeks and months, I'm gonna bring you some experts. I'm gonna bring some experts on the show to talk to you about some of this stuff, personal defense, okay? Because um, I don't want you to die. I know that sounds hyperbolic, but uh, Things seem to be getting worse out there, and if you run around on your front lawn with the gun when there's a mob outside, you may. So um, that's why, again, it's not an excuse, it's just an explanation, but that's why I was so upset on Monday, because all I had were these pictures in my head of uh, our beloved community getting themselves shot up. So, um, yeah, if you're if you're seriously at risk... Uh, I don't want you to take the, the actions of the St. Louis couple as a template for how to behave. Their attitude's fine. Take their attitude as a template. Their actions, no. If you're seriously at risk, uh, I want you to defend yourself. I want you to do it well. I want you to do it intelligently. I want you to do it calmly and coolly, thoughtfully. And I want you to do it as effectively and safely as is possible in any kind of situation like that. That's what I want. So that's why I'm gonna bring people onto this channel um, to help you do that. And in the meantime, I'm going to make a few short high-level videos uh, about personal defense, um, stuff that will prepare you so that you have a foundation uh, upon which those experts can come and build. 
Some people won't be interested in that content. That's fine. Uh, just stay inside if there's a mob. Uh, so to that end, I, I'm going to leave you... I know this video doesn't have to be super long, but I am going to make a few more, as I said, some high-level videos about uh, personal defense, and then I'll bring in some experts. Um, and for this video, I'm going to leave you with a general overview of what I think are the three most important things for you to consider here. Um, and in, in general, in the order of importance, at least the first one is the most important. I don't know about the other order of the other two. I haven't thought about it enough, but um, I'm going to leave you with three things. And the first one is to plan. Um, and this is, this is, again, probably most, the most important thing you can do. Um, in the heat of a moment, in the heat of the moment, when there's a crowd outside or a threat or a guy bashes down your door or whatever it is, you don't have time to be figuring things out. You don't have time. Um, your adrenaline is high, your rational judgment is compromised, um, and if you haven't planned already, you may be so far behind the eight ball that death is inevitable at that point. Um... You know, what do you guys, what do you think is the most valuable weapon that you can wield in your personal defense? Because I'll tell you, the answer is not a pistol. The answer is not a shotgun. It's not an AR-15. It's your reasoning mind, right? But, but, you know, all, all those, all those things, all those weapons, they pale in comparison to your reasoning mind. But you need to use your reasoning mind mostly before the situation, right? And those weapons pale in comparison to the power of well-thought-out, uh, pre preconceived plans of action. So use your brain to your advantage and use it to plan. So uh, just a couple of examples, right? Would you take a an exam in physics, uh, a particle physics exam, right? Let's say, you know, someone says, here's a, here's a test on particle physics. You need to pass it. Well, would you just go do that without any preparation, right? Would you move to a new country and expect to succeed right away if you didn't bother learning the language or even trying to learn the language or the customs or anything, right? No, you, you wouldn't do that. You can pass a physics test and you can move to a country and be successful, but not if you don't plan, not if you don't study, not if you don't prepare, right? It's not going to work. Um, and in a life and death situation, you don't have like, it's not like you fail for a while and things turn around, you, you die, so um, you got to prepare first. The, the Boy Scouts say, you know, be prepared. Isn't that one of their models? I, I wasn't a Boy Scout. I don't know. Um, so in the heat of the moment, you don't have time to do things like study the layout of your house, uh, figure out access to weapons, figure out lines of fire, um, figure out where you've got cover and concealment, um, figure out what your various defense options are, where the kids should go, how you're going to communicate, um, what the optimal escape paths are for various scenarios. You, you can't... <laughs> You can't do all that in the heat of the moment. Um, and, the, I mean, you know, this list goes on of things you can't do in the heat of the moment. But you can think about all those things beforehand. You can formulate plans before anything happens, right? So that in the heat of the moment, you don't have to formulate plans. All you have to do is execute on plans. That's a lot easier. Executing will be hard enough, trust me, right? You don't want to formulate. You just want to execute. That's going to be really hard. You may fail at execution. So... Just put execution on your table, right? That's it. Leave the planning to beforehand. Um, and a couple notes about planning really, really quickly here. Um, don't think in terms of black and white. Um, there is like, in the world of security, for those of you who don't know, I was a computer security cryptographer person for over a decade. 
Um, so in the world of both computer security and physical security, there is no such thing as being perfectly secure to all threats. That's just not a thing, right? So um, cryptographers, for example, they'll estimate uh, how long it would take a potential adversary with a certain amount of resources to like break an encryption algorithm. And then they will plan, you know, they'll choose their algorithm and key length accordingly, right? So, uh, you know, they, ha they have to answer obvious questions like, well, are you trying to protect your little sister from accessing your data or are you trying to protect it from China? Those are two different things, right? Um, but the same is true in physical security. So even in safes, even if you, um, you know, I spent some time uh, looking at safe security and physical security and lock security, you know, safes are rated based on how many hours it takes experts to crack them, right? So there's no such thing as a perfectly secure safe, despite what movies might tell you or whatever. Um, so even with physical security, like the question for a safe is like, do you wanna prevent a drunk guy with a sledgehammer from accessing it in under 30 minutes? Okay, that's one set of design constraints. Um, do you wanna prevent an expert with a diamond drill and a bag of thermite from getting in in less than four hours? Okay, well, that's another set of problems, right? So physical security is, uh, is, a, is, a, is a risk question. Um, you will go mad trying to protect yourself from every possible threat because you can't. Um, and you'll end up expending resources in the wrong direction that could be better allocated elsewhere. So instead, think of security in terms of risks and rewards. When you're thinking about plans, think about them in terms of risks and rewards. What are the most likely scenarios? What are the simplest actions that you can take to mitigate harm in those scenarios? Make a list. Make a list of those scenarios, right? Um, how might you attack your own residence, right? How might a mob behave? What are, what, what are some things that might deter them? Make that list, but think in terms of risk analysis. The second thing I'll note on uh, a plan is uh, you wanna use your plan, I, and I touched on this earlier, but I really wanna underscore it here. You wanna use your plan to remove decision-making from the moment, and one of the, the ways you can do that is to think in terms of trigger events. So these are things that move you automatically from one set of behaviors to another set of behaviors. So um, you don't have to think about what phase of your plan you're in, you just know, like these things happened um, automatically in this phase of the next plan. So for example, like um, what are the things that would happen that would move you into action on your plan in the first place, right? You're sitting on the couch watching Netflix on a Friday night at 9 p.m., what happens? What happens that makes you move, right? Is it people walk past the house? How many people? What are they doing? Uh, you know, how do you objectively assess the crowd? What's their intent? When does it count as a mob? When do you call the police? Uh, when do you pick up your weapon and tell your family like, hey, phase one, go start, start this plan that we developed? Um, in the heat of the moment, hesitation is your enemy. So you want to remove the possibility of hesitation as much as possible. And one of the things you can do is make decisions about when to transition from one phase to another beforehand. So uh, again, you're just spending your time observing what's going on and reacting to what's going on, not thinking about like, oh, that guy's walking forward. He's got a shotgun and he's pointing it here. What should I do? Should I shoot now? Should I wait? What do I do? You should have already thought about that. You should know, oh, this is a trigger event or it's not. It's not a trigger event until he, you know, passes the bushes and does X, Y, Z or whatever it is. You've made trigger events, you know. You know when you go to the next phase of the plan. Um, so again, the next phase, like when do you start the plan? When do you actually start using force to defend yourself? When do you give up on using force and retreat? What are the triggers for those events? That's the other things, that's the other thing you should think about when you're formulating a plan. 
Um, so again, the, the idea of a plan and the trigger events and all this is to remove decision-making from the heat of the moment. That's not when you want to be making decisions. You want all those decisions made beforehand so you can utilize your brain. Um, and that, cause your brain's your best weapon and you've got, you can think about it for months and years beforehand with your brain. You've got lots of brain power you can apply to this, but in the moment you got very limited brain power you can apply to it. And your brain's not even functioning very well because of, uh, adrenaline and other stuff. So, uh, so that's the first thing. The first thing is plan. The second thing is to practice. You got to practice your plan. Having a plan is nice, but you need to practice it. Uh, you can practice it kind of sort of virtually, right? You can run through scenarios in your head, uh, which is important, right? Uh, that's not like woo woo stuff. Like athletes run through scenarios in their head before they go into a game. They think about what they're going to do. They imagine themselves doing it. Uh, that helps them prepare um, and it helps them perform better. So you you absolutely should be running through scenarios in your head and thinking about it, thinking about your plan, um, thinking about what would happen, test, test the scenarios in your head. But you also gotta practice in real life. Um, if you have a family, you gotta practice with your family, right? Um, you, you gotta, like, how are you gonna communicate to them? You, you can't, like, they're not gonna remember. Your family's off doing other stuff. Uh, you, you got to make sure that they remember how to communicate, what they're supposed to do, where are they going to go, what are they going to do, in what scenario. Um, they need practice, especially kids. Some some people ex like worry about exposing kids to this. Um, they're like, how could you possibly? It's going to scare the kid to tell them, you know, you have to go to the basement or do whatever. Um, look, it's, this is my experience as a dad. Make up your own decision. Obviously, as a parent, it's your kid, your family. I'm just giving you my thoughts. Uh, my experience is... Kids know. They already know if you're anxious. If you're actually considering this stuff, if you're actually worried about this, your kid knows. Even if you've never said anything, they know. They can sense it. So uh, they're likely to be even more scared because you're not talking to them about it, right? It's one thing if dad or mom is saying, well, this is a thing and this, these are the steps we're taking. Uh, it's another thing if dad and mom are so scared that they're not even talking to you about it. Um, that's scary and their imaginations are going to run wild. So, um, they, you know, they're going to, they have no idea. There's uncertainty there for them, right? Their imaginations are running wild. They know mom and dad are scared. Uh, they don't know what they would do. They, they have no idea how things might turn out. Um, they feel helpless. They feel out of control. They feel powerless. So, um, I actually think telling the kids, having them involved, um, it does a few things. It first of all, it reassures them you're in control. You've got a plan right? And just that much is comforting. Like that helps. Um, and it allows you to also talk to them about uh, feasibility of things, right? Because, you know, one, one conversation I had with my daughter was I just related it to seatbelts. Look, this is an easy thing we're going to do. We're going to learn this thing. What we're going to do. It's just preparation. We'll probably never get in a car accident, but we still put our seatbelts on, right? We learn how to put our seatbelts on. Now, that's obviously easier than this, but um, it's a just-in-case kind of thing because sometimes stuff can happen. Um, it also gives them something to focus on. So, um, both beforehand, which is good, but also in the heat of the moment. So they're not freaking out. They're thinking like, these are the things I got to do. I know what to do. And that makes them feel empowered. Um, like they have some kind of set of con control, right? And that's, so that's comforting. Um, and it also helps kind of stymie those wild imaginations that are going on, right? So a lot of times, especially if you're not talking about it or if they're not privy to the details of what's going on, uh, their imagination is worse than reality. So... Um, I recommend, I mean, I, I strongly recommend you, you get your kids involved because, 
uh, your kids are probably your most precious asset in your house. And if you want to protect them, you got to be able to communicate with them. They're autonomous. They can run around. I mean, unless they're actual babies, they can run around on their own and get themselves into trouble and do bad things that will get themselves, I don't mean morally bad, but like tactically stupid things. So you got, you got to have them on board. Um, you got to be able to communicate to them. And you don't want to be figuring that out in the heat of the moment. Uh, so that's the second thing. So the first thing was plan. The second thing was practice. And the third thing is just to get some basic training. Um, buying a weapon does not solve your problem for you. Uh, conceptually, guns are very easy, and, and they are. They're very easy to use. Um, so I guess in that sense, fine. Um, but using them effectively and safely during a firefight, that's a lot harder than you think it is. Um, it's not that it's intellectually challenging. It's not an intellectually challenging task. It, it's, it's a physical activity, right? It, think of it as, um, if you've ever taken martial arts, someone can tell you how you're supposed to punch, but you got to do a thousand punches to get it right. Um, so you, it's muscle memory. You need to build that muscle memory. You need to practice doing the things that you would do with a gun, right? So you need to simulate real-world real environments as much as possible. Um, there are experts all around the country who can teach you how to do this stuff. Um, I guess depending on where you live, there's more more in some areas than others, but they're all over the place. So in future videos, we'll discuss a little bit of basic gun safety, and we'll, but we'll have experts on who can point you to here's where to go to get some training for this. Um, but the important thing to remember here is that intellectual preparedness Although it's important, and it is very important, and again, I put plan as my number one priority here, that's not the same thing as physical preparedness. Those are two different things. Um, so just because you get it doesn't mean your muscles will perform well, especially, again, I keep saying adrenaline, but, you know, I just threw, just by the way, I've done force on force, um, like not actually even real stuff, just like simulated force on force. Um, and your heart, your heart's beating, your hands are shaking. It's not easy. The adrenaline has an effect on you, a physiological effect. So intellectually getting it and performing are two different things. So practice practice actually performing, practice doing it. You got to train. Okay. So I hope this video uh, helped you guys out a little bit. Again, I apologize for yelling at, at our community on Monday. Um, it, came a it, you know, it came from a place of concern and not... Uh, not anything else. It was concerning, caring, but it also probably wasn't the most effective way to communicate to you uh, how important it is, uh, how important I think it is for you to take seriously your personal safety and the protection of your family. Those are very important things. I don't think they should be taken lightly. Um, and I care about you guys, right? I want you all to be there when liberty returns. Uh, <laughs> I want you to be there, right? I want to go to barbecues with you, not funerals. All right, so with that in mind, thank you for watching, and I look forward to talking with you guys more about this. Take care. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, 
and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please avoid any contact with these individuals. I have calculated a 97.8% chance that these are all rushing bots. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Please connect to CNN to receive the latest version of your belief system software. All hail Chris Cuomo. That last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.